are listening to the Certified Personal Trainer Podcast, a show by personal trainers for personal trainers. It's time. It's time to become a better trainer, get more clients, and change more and lives. Change more lives. And now, here's your host, the head coach and founder of Fitness Mentors, Eddie Lester. Hey guys, welcome to Fitness Mentors Certified Personal Trainer Podcast. I am your host, Eddie Lester. And today I'm very excited to talk about something that a lot of trainers, especially when they're new to the industry, uh, have a difficult time fully grasping. And that is the concept of progressive overload. So before we get into that, I do want to mention that this topic was talked about specifically in our Modern Personal Trainer newsletter. Uh, If you haven't signed up for that, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Make sure you get that. We have a ton of amazing tips, about five or so specific tips uh, every single week going over business, going over you know how to improve your craft, uh, talking all about, uh, we'll say, ways that you can, we'll say, get more clients, a lot of great insight there that can really help you in your training career. So make sure you stop this video right now, stop this podcast right now, uh, click that link, sign up, and then come right back. I'll be here waiting. All right. Anyways, let's go ahead and jump into the talk about progressive overload. So when we think about progressive overload, A, why do we need it? So when we think about achieving a fitness goal, we have to keep in mind that the body adapts to work that it does. And when we think of adaptations, the adaptations are a good thing because that is what literally helps us to achieve a fitness goal. But the body does adapt to anything that you do. So if you do something too consistently or the same thing over and over and over, your body will adapt to it and there will be no need for change or there will be no more need for the body to adapt to it because it is used to it. Uh, We call this concept more or less periodization in which you adjust a fitness program every three to six weeks because we don't want the body to fully adapt and therefore not require any more changes based on the work that we're given. So as a personal trainer, our job is to constantly stress the systems of our clients or their bodily systems uh, of our clients to ensure that there is always something that is included in the workout that is required for improving their current baseline levels. So one of these things is, or one of the ways that we do this is through progressive overload. Basically making sure that whatever they are doing, they are not currently fully adapted to. Now, when we think about progressive overload, it's important to understand that this is the way that we are going to always ensure that the clients are improving. When a lot of clients go on their own and and do fitness programs on their own, they might get into a routine and do the same program for eight weeks, 12 weeks, and then they start to notice that that there's no real changes that are occurring. Our job is to make sure that they're always changing. Progressive overload is one of those ways. So in this particular podcast, I wanted to talk about the common ways that we ensure progressive overload is there. Or basically, you know, uh, what are the ways of achieving progressive overload in an exercise or in a workout, things like that. And we are going to talk about the lesser commonly known ways of 
progressive overload. We typically think of progressive overload uh, as modifying acute variables to something that the client is not used to. That's just the common, we'll say, understanding of that. This is typically thought of as increasing weight lifted. Okay, it's very common. Most most uh, uh, newcomers to fitness understand that <clears throat> if they lift more weights, that is typically harder. That is an, a form of overload. But that's talked about all the time. Most people understand that. Also, you can increase the total volume, like do more reps or do more sets, things like that, uh, at the same load. Um, so there, there's ways that you can do that, and that does increase progressive overload. But that is very, very commonly understood because the more volume, the more weight lifted, that's common to know that that is going to make a workout harder. <clears throat> but as fitness professionals, we need to be aware of all of the ways that you can potentially increase the difficulty of an exercise to stimulate the body's or the client's body to adapt. Uh, some lesser commonly understood ways, and then we're going we're gonna to get into a list of about uh, 11 or 12 here of ways that you can increase progressive overload, but just in, we'll say, uh, for a new trainer that has a new, for a, a client, or sorry, a client that, a trainer that has a newer client, you typically want to increase the acute variables that are relative to things like stability and balance. Okay, because those are maybe even uh, uh, coordination. We want to use progressive overload with those, for instance, uh, increasing stability by, uh, or sorry, decreasing stability once someone does a squat, then having someone maybe do a, uh, a single leg squat, that is a decrease in stability and therefore progressive overload can be achieved through stability factors. You also have things like balance. Actually, in that exact same example, a two-leg squat versus a one-leg squat makes it harder to balance, or a, a squat uh, on flat ground versus a squat on a balance uh, tool like a BOSU ball, things like that. Um, those ways can uh, be, a, be specific to increasing progressive overload for a newer client. Coordination, balance, stability. Then we also have the factors that might increase progressive overload for more progressed clients or clients that might be trying to gain strength, gain, uh, uh, we'll say, some muscle size or gain a, a more athletic capabilities. And that's really what I wanted to focus on a little bit more today. So with that in mind, let's talk about the ways that we can increase, uh, we'll say, the difficulty of an exercise or progressive overload uh, for our clients based on specific uh, exercises in that sense. So the first one that we're going to start with uh, is really going to be, we'll say, talking about the range of motion. So with a new client, sometimes they might not be able to go to a full range of motion with an exercise because of their limits of flexibility. Uh, when you, will say, modify a range of motion, an increased range of motion is actually a form of progressive overload. So lifting the same load for increased distance, or uh, distance meaning distance traveled for the angle of the joint. So an increase in range of motion is one of the ways that you can increase progressive overload. Uh, typically with clients that do have tighter pectoral muscles or chest muscles, uh, one of my goals for them is to utilize a large range of motion to stretch those particular muscles as we get our normal workout in. That is going to increase the work performed in a larger range of motion 
therefore allowing that muscle to get used to increased ranges of motion and actually increased flexibility through a lifting exercise. Uh, something that I commonly do myself is something like starting with, uh, if I'm doing a chest workout, I'll start with uh, push-ups where my hands are elevated and my chest goes further to the floor, like a push-up uh, on uh, two yoga blocks. Uh, elevating my hands, therefore my chest can go further down and I feel a major stretch across the chest muscles. That is an increase in range of motion, therefore it is more difficult. For clients that want to improve flexibility, you can have an entire program in which you increase the range of motion, keep the load similar, but uh, then just have them go further and further ranges of motion and they will completely notice by the end of that program their ability to achieve further ranges of motion. An awesome way to increase progressive overload. So that's number one. Let's jump to number two. Uh, lifting the same load and volume but with better form or more control. So commonly when we get new clients that haven't uh, been with a personal trainer and maybe they just have exercise experience uh, on their own, maybe their form is not, we'll say, that great. Um, one way that you can increase, increase progressive overload is to ensure that they're holding the right positions, uh, their shoulders might be in the right, right position relative to the exercise that they're doing. Um, something that uh, is common for newer beginners in a pull-up exercise, they might only do a pull-up uh, with, we'll say, uh, you know, a half range of motion. I'm bringing up range of motion because range of motion is, is also kind of important when we think of the form as well. Um, so maybe they're doing a pull-up only half range of motion, just elbows to 90 degrees, uh, and then lengthening just maybe 40 degrees or something. So just a quick little pull-up. Uh, one way that you can assist a client with better form is to have them go through a full range of motion, but we'll say unlock their uh, shoulder blades to increase that upward rotation of the, sh of the scapula, and that is actually going to increase potential activation of the lower middle trapezius as well as rhomboids as you kind of get into that exercise. So better form is a way that you can increase the difficulty of an exercise. Now, it, once they, I will say, nail that form down, it becomes easy and effortless and therefore more efficient. So actually they can adapt in a way to, to include better form in an exercise. With newer clients, this is a great way to start, is to ensure that they uh, might be doing, we'll say lighter weights, but with perfect form, and then slowly progress the weight, which is a, what we talked about earlier, uh, a form of progressive overload, but by holding the same efficient, perfect form. All right, let's go on to number three. Number three is lifting the same load for more reps. We kind of talked about this before, uh, but if you begin a client with, we'll say, uh, a bench press exercise at uh, 95 pounds on the bar, and they do eight reps, you can increase and progress a program by increasing the number of reps they do each week. So they do, we'll say, three sets of eight reps at 95 pounds on a barbell bench press. The next week they do 10 reps uh, with those three sets. The following week they do 12 and they maybe they finish at 15. Those are increasing number of reps for the same load, therefore increasing the total volume. That is a, a form of progressive overload. Next, as we talked about before, lifting heavier loads. That exact same example using the bench press is they stay at eight reps and they stay at three sets, 
But as a, on week one, they do 95 pounds. On week two, they do 115 pounds. And then they go up to 135 pounds and then maybe 145 pounds. All at that exact eight reps of three sets. That is another form of progressive overload. Um, when we think about progressive overload, you always wanna make sure that it's done in the safest way, however. If a client is not ready to achieve a certain load, or as you progress the load, their form breaks, that may be, may be telling you that it's time to progress them in a different way besides total load, because the most common injuries in a gym are due to lifting too much weight for that client's ability level. So with, with that, uh, we'll say load relative to progressive overload, uh, you definitely wanna be careful and safe with that particular uh, avenue. All right, next we're gonna get into lifting the same load and volume with less or less rest time. So we talked about modifying acute variables to increase progressive overload. Decreasing the rest in between sets of the exact same thing each week actually is a great way to get the heart rate going and also to challenge the system to clear the lactic acid and to get more sugar and usable energy into that muscle quicker. Um, so this is this is a, a great way to increase progressive overload by decreasing the rest for each set and maybe even the rest in between exercises. So if you're, and this is a common way to do this, is taking uh, an exercise uh, like the bench press, uh, 95 pounds, eight, eight reps, three sets, and take going from a 90 second rest down to a 30 second rest. Or supersetting two particular exercises like uh, a barbell bench press and a row machine, uh, going back to back with as little rest as possible. So these ways of decreasing rest between sets is a great way to increase the, the difficulty of the exercise and that is a way of increasing progressive overload. All right, next is going to be lifting, uh, we'll say a load with more speed or more acceleration. So this is now changing the tempo. So the tempo you can do few, a few things. Um, if they're looking to be more athletic, the faster and more explosive a repetition can increase the demand on the nervous system and create nervous system adaptations and create, we'll say, uh, a higher likelihood to move faster. That stresses the neurological system, therefore can uh, be an adaptation for overload for that neurological system. Or you can stress the metabolic system of the muscle, energy system of the muscle, by lengthening the tempo so that uh, maybe that, that barbell bench press, 95 pounds, eight reps, three sets, each repetition takes, we'll say, seven seconds as opposed to three seconds. So something like that might be uh, a you know uh, four second e uh, eccentric movement, so slowly moving down for four seconds, pausing at the bottom for one second, and then lifting that weight for two seconds going back up. That is a seven second total rep, and that is longer than a three second rep. So when we lengthen the tempo, that's gonna stress the metabolic system and therefore have progressive overload for a, the metabolic system and therefore require the metabolic system to adapt to that particular acute variable or that particular difficulty of that. So the tempo absolutely is a way that you can increase progressive overload as well. All right, so next you can think about, uh, th these are getting more, we'll say, uh, uh, less talked about, but next is going to be do more work 
in the same amount of time. So when we think about CrossFit, there is uh, two things that, that they like to utilize. That is the time of the total workout and then the total volume performed in that given time. You can use those inversely or you can use them uh, one off. Basically say, okay, so, and actually this is the program that I'm doing right now. Um, I'm doing a superset of, uh, we'll say push-ups and rows, push-ups and rows. And I'm, I give myself five minutes to do as many repetitions of supersets of those as I can in those five minutes. It's very stressful on the cardiovascular system and on the muscular system as well. But on week one, let's say I do a total of 50 push-ups in five minutes and, uh, you know, 60 total rows. Week two, if I perform 60 push-ups in 70 rows, I have increased the total amount of work in that given time, which is five minutes. That is progressive overload with volume in a given time. Now, on the other side of things, you can do, uh, we'll say, uh, the same amount of volume in less time. So what does that mean is that, okay, let's say I say I need to do 50 push-ups and 60 rows. On week one, I do that in five minutes. Then in week two, I know that I need to beat five minutes, so I do 50 push-ups and 60 rows in four minutes and 40 seconds, okay? Did I improve and did I increase my progressive overload? Yes, because I did more work in, or the same amount of work in less time. So there's a great way there, and that this is a very uh, typical uh, CrossFit uh, sort of uh, principle that they use or sort of a, a acute variable that they use and modification that they use because they're looking to do the most amount of work in the least amount of time or the, uh, well, well, yeah, basically they are looking to do the most amount of work in the least amount of time because that's the way that they are measured in the CrossFit games and according to their peers because CrossFit does try to compare people uh, based on other uh, fitness abilities and that's kind of why crossfit is it is relatively popular because it's a it's gamification of fitness which is fun and you can compete and it feels uh, good to win and some people are driven by that as well as the community and things like that so um that is a great way to increase progressive overload through us utilizing time and total volume as uh, inverse relationships or together in that sense um next is going to be doing more sets with the same load and reps. So we kind of talked about this before. If you increase sets uh, with the same load each week, that is going to allow you to increase your total volume of work. Therefore, it is increasing progressive overload. I don't think I need to spend too much time on that because yes, obviously if you do more sets of the same amount of, of, of reps and load, that is going to be increasing total volume. So that's, that's pretty obvious, and that's something very commonly uh, utilized for, we'll say, uh, uh, newer people to fitness, is do more work in, in, in uh, or do more work in total uh, without even thinking about time. All right, uh, next is going to be lifting the same load and volume more often through the week. So frequency is another way that you can increase, or uh, we'll say, increase progressive overload. So if you are currently working each body part out uh, once per week, increasing that to two times per week and getting, we'll say, you know, six workouts in in total for the week as opposed to three 
workouts in, depending on your split routine, that is a great way to increase progressive overload. In total, what is that actually increasing? It's volume in a given time or volume per week, but it's really thought of as frequency because you're separating the workouts out uh, or we'll say, you know, doing a specific body part more often throughout the week as opposed to in one workout session. Um, but what is that in total increase for the week? Total volume of weight lifted or total uh, volume of, we'll say, exercises performed, sets performed, reps performed, things like that. So that is another great way to increase progressive overload. Um, next is going to be doing the same work while losing body mass. So this is actually a really good one for, for uh, clients that want to increase muscle, but also decrease fat. I had a, a client that really uh, wanted to lose a good amount of fat. And what we focused on was her continuing, well, she actually, we always progressed other variables as well. But what happened is she lost 30 pounds of weight and she was able to lift and do the same amount of work. So this is relative to your body size, doing the same amount of work relative to your, we'll say weight uh, and maybe even muscle mass to some degree. Um, but we don't commonly will say measure this too much and, or think about it even as personal trainers. But when someone is increasing their ability to do work, either volume or any of the other progressive overload techniques that we talked about, but they are at a lighter weight, they are actually, because of that lighter weight, doing more relative work compared to their body weight. Uh, in a common example of this is uh, Olympic weightlifting. And why do they have weight categories or class categories, like a 180 pounds to 160 pounds for, uh, we'll say males or something versus a 250 pound and above, uh, we'll say class of weightlifters. Obviously, the more weight that you have in total on your body, typically the more work you can perform. And that's especially true with muscle mass. Um, but there are, I will say, uh, elastic and kinetic specific advantages to having more total mass on your body that allows you to lift more weight and be more explosive to some degree. So a 180 pound lifter lifting as much as a 250 pound lifter, who's doing more total work, the lighter person. So just to, just to give you guys an idea on, on how that might actually apply in a real world situation. All right, next is going to be lifting the same load and volume and then extending the set past technical failure. So um, this is something that's only performed with a partner at the gym or with, with a buddy at the gym or with a trainer is that you do a specific amount of, of weight, but then when you fail, you continue to do uh, more repetitions uh, with someone spotting you to lift that barbell maybe off you during a barbell bench press or you continue with maybe a drop set. So you do 30 pound dumbbell presses until you fail and then you go to 20 pounds and then you go to 10 pounds. So trying to increase the total amount of weight lifted per set through failure techniques. Um, that's another way that you can increase progressive overload. These are probably more only for advanced lifters and or athletes because uh, drop sets and going to failure is dangerous for form. So it's very important to keep that in mind when you, when you think about utilizing that one. So um, there are a lot of other ways that we, can, that we can talk about as far as progressive overload. We're gonna leave it there for now, but just to kind of give you the, the basics around it. 
What is the goal of the client? If the goal is weight loss, but they've never worked out a day in their life, they do need to improve their coordination, their balance, and their stability before thinking about going to strength and hypertrophy sort of exercises. Uh, you can help them to lose weight 100% doing coordination, balance, and stability exercises uh, utilizing progressive overload techniques to make it harder each workout. Okay, If someone's looking to gain muscle, it's important to utilize uh, strength-specific and hypertrophy-specific hy hypertrophy progressive overload techniques like more volume through reps, sets, load, or even tempo. Um, and that's going to be something that you can utilize for that type. If you're thinking about uh, someone to, that wants to increase athletic performance and maybe we'll say explosiveness, you're going to want to utilize progressive overload that stresses the, we'll say, neurological system or the nervous system uh, and gets the muscles to fire faster, like we talked about with explosive movements, maybe with lighter weights, but you're progressively overloading those elements. So when we think about uh, you know progressive overload and making sure that people get to their goals, we have to understand that progressive overload is a huge component of getting people to their goals. The way that we do this though is safely through progressively increasing these each workout. And this is called periodization. And as a personal trainer, periodization is when thinking of programming is probably the most important thing you can focus on and provide for your clients. Because when they have a program that gets them a little better each workout, each week, each month, each year, that's when there is non-stop or there's a non-stop ability to continuously achieve more and more fitness goals. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Certified Personal Trainer Podcast. Definitely sign up for that Modern Personal Trainer newsletter. It's going out each week with a ton of value, just like what we talked about here. Uh, really pumped to have you listening. Give yourself a nice little pat on the back for uh, always looking to increase your knowledge and improve your craft. I appreciate you. You appreciate you. And uh, I will see you next week on the Certified Personal Trainer Podcast. Have a good one. As always, thanks for listening to the Certified Personal Trainer Podcast. You can learn more about fitness mentors at fitnessmentors.com. Be sure to share this podcast on social media. And remember, we are here to help you succeed.